0: This is listener-supported public radio. You are tuned to KBBI Homer AM 890 and K201AO Seward 88.1 FM. I'm Kathleen Gustafson, and this is The Coffee Table. The time is 9.02 a.m., and the topic this week is Ordinance 2348, Yeah, I know you're so excited to talk about it, because I really am. It's uh, At first, when uh, I spoke to Jillian Rogers from the animal shelter, and we started talking about Rachel Lord, who sponsored this bill, and getting Officer Browning here, I thought, is there really an hour's worth of talk about this one ordinance? And then I looked at it, and (laughs) and I realized that there is a whole lot here. This is an animal control ordinance, and... Councilmember Rachel Lord, since you are the sponsor on this, will you introduce it a little bit and talk about what the changes are? And uh, Officer Browning and Jillian jump in anytime.
1: Sure, thanks, Kathleen. Um, and I'm happy to be here on Coffee Table. The couple earlier this summer, the council went through the process. That's an annual process of updating our fee schedule, and I'm pretty sure that was where when this came through. That's what sparked it. Yeah. So and. And in that we it was proposed that we scratch the the fees for city dog licenses. And that was Jillian had talked with staff and you know had had, had that conversation that, you know, dog license is kind of outdated. We don't actually really do it. It's very difficult to impossible to enforce. And so it just made sense to kind of scratch that all together, which then had me wondering. Oh, because it really wasn't happening much. It really wasn't happening much, and I yeah. and I look forward to Jillian talking about that more. Because the thing that mostly sparked for me was, well, if we're not if we're not going to actually have a fee for it, if it's if we're taking out that piece and we're not actually doing it, then we really should look at our the city code and make sure that the city code is in line with that. And you know, when you when you look at any particular title within city code, they're typically you know this one was m- majorly enacted in 1988. Um, and then it was updated fairly fully into, or it was updated in part in 2016, but over time, any, any section of our code, any title within the city code has multiple updates done and, you know, practices change, things change, our understanding of what works and what doesn't, what best supports the intent of, of, um, of the code changes. And, um, and so, you know, we, we sat down with myself and from City Council, um, Melissa Jacobson, our City Clerk, who was very involved in the 2016 update. Um, Jillian from the Animal Shelter and our Animal Control Officer. We worked with Homer Police Department and with the City Attorneys to really just step through section by section the entire title, addressing animals and um, and put together the revisions that we saw were necessary to clean it up, to make it clearer for the public, make it clearer for um, the police department and the animal shelter to work through um, and kind of be the most up-to-date that it can be. So that's, that is a genesis of ordinance 2348, which we just introduced at our meeting uh, this past Monday.
0: So, I do want to go to Jillian because I want to hear about what needs the shelter had that are addressed in these changes. Like, how did you? What was the process like
2: for you? Uh, we have been um, talking about updating these ordinances for a little while, and earlier this year, I met with Parkac, and they were um, updating their the uh, campground. Ordinances. And Park Act is the oh sorry, Parks, Thank you. Arts. <laughs> Park Arts, <laughs> Park Arts Recreation and Culture and Culture Advisory Advisory Commission. Advisory Commission. Yeah, um, and so we updated um, dogs on leashes in campgrounds, and that kind of sparked a whole conversation about updating uh, the all the animal ordinances. Anyway, so um, one of the biggest things for me is is. The definitions have been made a little clearer, um, especially voice control. We added one.
0: Oh, yeah. I have a glossary to get to later to ask okay, you what these okay. are going to mean <laughs> now.
2: Um, and then um, doing away with dog licensing, like uh, Rachel said. Yeah. Let's get to that. Line 143 in, or in the
0: ordinance starts to address microchips. Mm-hmm. So can you, any of you, talk a little bit about that? Because yeah. We, this is a major change.
2: It is. And that's why I wanted to come in and talk um, with you, Kathleen, um, and let, the, let Homer know the second reading and public hearing is going to be on August 28th at the city council meeting, and, and we're hoping that people show up and, and tell us what they think. Um, dog licenses, you know, served their purpose, I think. Since I've been at the shelter for five years, um, we've sold, I could probably count on two hands how many we've sold. Uh, and it was the idea was you know, a little bit of a revenue generator for the city, but also a way to um, identify dogs and get them back home if they show up at the shelter. and um, so people know that they have been vaccinated for rabies. But if you're not selling them, I mean, what is the point? We're the only people charged with enforcing or selling them. Um, and so we took it away and we have replaced it with uh, microchipping on intake.
0: Right. So if so- if an animal gets brought in, they will be microchipped.
2: Yeah, now, if going forward, if they don't have one, we we scan every animal that comes in, and we try to vaccinate on intake. Um, and microchips are cheap, and it's the only permanent identifier that animals can have. You know, tags fall off, that kind of stuff. So, um, they're super small now. Um, they don't migrate like they used to. You know, we just slip it under the skin in the back of the neck, and it's it's easy, and it's. A permanent way to identify your dog. And so if we can pick up a stray dog, scan so it. dogs,
0: cats, what else? That's Who else gets a chip? That's Just dogs dog. and cats. Yeah. Right? I
2: mean, I mean, if someone wants okay. to come in and get one, they can have it. But, uh, <laughs> but no, kids. no, no small right. animals. Um, yeah. Jo- dogs and cats. And that way, if we pick up a dog in the field, you know, we can scan it and potentially return it to owner in the field. And that's the goal because at the bottom line is we're here for the animals and, and animals coming into the shelter unnecessarily is stressful for them. And, and, So if we can um, alleviate that, then that's the goal.
0: And so the difference with licensing and microchipping is pretty uh, clear in this ordinance. Is there anything else you would point to right off the bat that is a major change for the way you're doing things?
2: Um, The shelter fees have gone up a little bit, like adoption fees, surrender fees have gone up a little bit. And that's not spelled out in the ordinance. It's just left up to the shelter. Um, But our fees are posted on our website. AlaskaMindfulPaws.org, and the fines from the city have gone up pretty significantly.
0: I saw, there's a, I saw a $1,000 fine for a large dog. A large animal. Large animal. Yeah.
2: So if your horse is running down Pioneer, that's a $1,000 It could fine. be a $1,000 yeah. fine. The minimum for a dog at large is now 300 It used to be 50
0: Oh, okay. There I see it now. Yeah. So, I do want to continue with this talk, but I want to make sure that listeners know that Simon is standing by on the phone. If you would like to call in and uh, comment or ask a question, or you can email questions and comments to kathleen at kbbi.org. We have guests are City Council Member Rachel Lord, uh, Shelter Director, Jillian Rogers, and Officer Ryan Browning. I haven't really pulled you into the conversation yet, but it's probably time to talk about enforcement and what that means. Because uh, Jillian, if you would begin, but I, I would love to hear from you about uh, the city and what this will mean, like what kind of changes this will mean for what you do. Because every time I talk to Jillian, she sa- and I say, who do you want to talk to? It's Officer Browning, so I know that you are. Uh, I know that you are a trusted person who comes and goes from the animal shelter. Can you talk a little bit about enforcement and how that might change?
3: Um, I mean, I don't think from the day to day, it's really going to change how we do anything. Uh, typically, when people have animal um, issues or problems, we um, forward them to Jillian or the animal shelter to deal with. Um, and I'd say, what, 99% of the time, probably, we just try to resolve it with a conversation rather than having to take any enforcement action, um, which usually uh, <laughs> resolves the problem. Um, but then when it does come to actual enforcement, um, it's up to us to issue a citation or whatever for that particular person or the animal uh, problem. Uh, and we do that because of some computer and court issues. Um, but Yeah, most things are just uh, dealt with pretty much pretty easily by, by Jillian in the shelter.
0: Well, I have a, a list of questions for this segment, uh, one of which is what happens if an animal is impounded? Can you go through the process and talk a little bit about what happens and what a person would expect in order to get their dog? Well, we know now that if this passes, that a uh, an animal that isn't chipped will be chipped.
2: But what else? Um, so when an animal comes in, and um, Lieutenant Browning is our, liaison for the shelter. That's and so, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether he likes it or not, <laughs> we try not to bug him too much. I love it. Um, so when an animal comes in, whether it's picked up by an animal control officer or brought in by a member of the public because it was loose somewhere, um, it's it goes into a, a quarantine kennel because we don't know its history. Um, we check for fleas. We scan it for a microchip. Those are the first two things. Um, we do try to vaccinate on intake, and we've kind of gone back and forth with that. Um, but if this passes, then that will definitely start happening. And this is rabies. No, what uh, is it? So it's um, for dogs. It's it's distemper, parvo, a mixed vaccine. Thank you. Yeah, for cats, it's feline leu- not leukemia. Um, it's a it's a five way vaccine for for various cat viruses. Um, so the dogs will go into a quarantine kennel. We post on Facebook. Sometimes we post on the Critter Line. Dogs are usually picked up fairly quickly. We um, Facebook is a magical. S- frustrating tool that we use a lot um, as far as s- I'm concerned it is the one good
0: use of Facebook Exactly, finding yeah. people's animals it's <laughs> amazing
2: how quickly <laughs> that yeah. it spreads and people share it and, and our community here is amazing with um helping us share information Um, so then people can call and come and get their dog it's the impound fee is $40 if a dog spends the night it's $25 per night for boarding and so that's the minimum fee They will have to show uh, proof of rabies if this passes. Um, And if they don't have proof of rabies, then we give them... We're working on that now, actually, at the shelter. So we're going to give them a voucher or some kind of contract um, where they have to come back within 30 days and show us that they've had the rabies vaccine. If they don't, there's a fine for that.
0: And did I read in this ordinance that there's a minimum number of days for impound? Like, there...
2: they have to stay a certain amount of days. Yeah, they don't. Uh, so they don't have to before we adopt them out if they're not claimed. Oh, five days okay. for cats and dogs. And there's no state law. First of all, vaccinating for rabies is a state law. Um, as far as the stray hold goes, there's no um law across the board. I know Matsu's Shelter holds for 72 hours and then they'll adopt them out. Um, we hold for five days. A lot of times animals are there. F- for longer than that, and for dogs, especially if it's a friendly dog and it had a collar but no tags, maybe its owners are out of town and there was, a, you know, who knows what the circumstances. We generally hold them. Oh, dogs you must hear longer. a
0: million stories.
2: Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then if they're not claimed after five days, then we get them vetted. <coughs> if they need to get fixed, we get them fixed, uh, spayed or neutered, and then they're adoptable. And when an animal is
0: uh, impounded, What happens, I'm reading about an
2: administrative hearing, and who is the hearing officer? Um, So the police chief or the police chief's designee. And the the administrative hearing only happens um, if the dog is not claimed and is deemed vicious, and euthanasia then is on the table if the dog is dangerous, but it has to go through a hearing first, unless we have the owner's permission uh, then it has to go through uh, this process.
0: And so we talked about uh, new fees and the hearing officer. Is there anything else like in terms of enforcement that's new to this that people who are familiar with the shelter and uh, will uh, that it'll be new for them or
2: the changes? You know we um, I, I like that that we're kind of tightening up the this section of code. I like that the the fees and fines have gone up. But as Lieutenant Browning said, you know, we value education over enforcement. We have resources, we have tie outs. We're always looking for, you know, things at the thrift store that might be able to help somebody out as far as, you know, tying out your dog or, or keeping it on your property, that kind of stuff. So we always offer ideas, resources. Anything supplies, you know, if we can Oh
0: right. You mean like dog beds, leashes, pens, food, those sorts yep, of things. We have a
2: designated pet food pantry now, um, where people in need can come and get it as long as we have it.
0: Oh yeah. And I just want to recommend to anyone, you know, one of the one of the most comforting things I did when I said goodbye to my good dog was go down to the shelter and bring all the food and treats I had so that they went to the shelter. Ch- and it was probably the best I'd felt since I said
2: goodbye to my dog. So oh, thanks. Consider that. Um and we work with the Homer Police. You know, I when my first started I was able to write paper tickets and that's kind of gone now. So um, if we do need to write a citation
0: Oh you can't write tickets anymore, I can't. then
2: let's just scrap this thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a favorite part of my job. Yeah. Um, but now I can't write physical <laughs> tickets anymore. I can recommend the citation and then I go to HPB and, and I work with who whichever officer is there and they and they um, actually write the the citation, contact the person. S- sometimes we'll go to the house together you know, whatever the case may be. All right, well, I want to make sure people know that
0: if you have a question or a comment, you can email Kathleen at kbbi.org, or you can call 907-235-7721. Simon is standing by on the phones. This is the coffee table, and I'm Kathleen Officer Browning, Gillian Rogers from the Shelter, and Rachel Lord, Homer City Council Member are the guests. And let's get to this glossary of terms. Spend all the time you like. We've got time because I have heard a hundred theories of what constitutes voice control of your animal. <laughs> So I would love to hear if there are if there are a number of theories here in this room. I'd like to hear them all. There
3: are opinions, but there is only one theory. Well,
0: will you uh, will you go ahead with vo- what
3: what does voice control mean to you, Officer Browning? Oh, it's voice control. It's an immediate recall of your animal. It's not hey, I have to call my dog five or six times, or hey, I'm gonna let him run a uh, hundred yards and then he might come back. It is an immediate. You say the dog's name and give a command, and it does exactly what you say and comes back to you. That is the only form of voice control there is. Yeah, and it's obvious when yeah. your dog under You would under think voice it would control. be obvious, but yeah. people think, oh, well, you know, <laughs> I'll just... LT, like, what... Oh, my what, dog knows what to know, they don't. What it's percentages
2: of, of dogs do you think have that? How impact? often do you see... One.
3: A, and it, because you know it takes, one dog? Is it your dog? Wait. <laughs> no, my dog, no. they. My dogs don't listen, period. But, okay. But, you know, they're little. But it's... it's um, oh, I just lost my train of thought.
0: Well, that's all right. Is it... Uh, how often oh, it, do you actually come across a dog that is under voice control?
3: I mean, other than the police canines, none. Because okay. it's constant training that people have to do with the animal to get them to do this over and over and over. You know, it's not just you let them off lead and, you know, call them once in a while and hopefully they'll come mm-hmm. back. It's it's a continuous training that you have to do with the animal, and most people just don't spend the time doing it. And Sorry, I get all fired up about this one. Uh,
2: well, you just take that mic. Uh, Jillian, I'm is there ready? anything that you'd like to add to that? Well, I want to read the new definition that's on Thank the table. You. Yeah, um, so we, Rachel... Councilmember Lord and Melissa Jacobson and I worked on this. And so the definition that's on the table that hopefully will pass um, for voice control means the dog returns immediately to and remains by the side of the owner in response to the owner's verbal whistle or hand signal. If the dog approaches or remains within 10 feet of any other person other than the owner, the dog is not under voice control and is deemed to be at large.
0: They have to ret- it, The dog has to return to the owner.
2: Immediately, yeah. yeah.
3: Immediately, Gotcha. Say that again. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately.
0: <laughs> all together now. Uh, so I feel like voice control. I've got a handle on that.
2: Go ahead. Jillian. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to. That's talk right. About you we're doing this. I know. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to talk about the beaches for a minute. So we. Oh, thank you. Beaches, parks, harbor,
0: all of that. Yeah. So yeah. so
2: the 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 ordinances regarding campgrounds is a separate thing, but all dogs have to be on leashes at all times in the campgrounds. Okay. Um, in within city limits. Yeah, we'll go over, over that limit. again because okay. I've got, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the beaches, you know, if it's low tide and you're playing chuck it with your dog and there's no one around and it's not on a leash, I don't care. LT, can you? Probably not. Yeah. If it's not bothering anybody, if it's not running at people and jumping, even if your dog is not f- actively fighting with another dog, if it is a tendency to run up to people, people don't like that. Um but if you're just by yourself and your dog's not bothering anyone, that's okay. Dogs have to be on leashes in the parking lots, at Bishops, at Mariners, before you get out of sight, out of the way with your dog. And then, you know, I think I said this before on the air, <laughs> it's up to people to use common sense. If you know your dog's going to run at people or another dog or is reactive, you go somewhere else. There's a lot of secluded areas around that you can take a dog that maybe is not great around other dogs or a lot of people.
3: Well, and then the, my dog is friendly too. But that yeah. one, all the time. Yep. Well, it's no big deal my dog's friendly. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter. If someone's if your dog is running at somebody and they don't want to be bothered by a dog, period. They're afraid of dogs, they've had a bad experience with the dogs and the owner is screaming, "It's okay, my dog is friendly." It doesn't matter. I mm. well I
1: would I mean, I would just as a, you know, from thinking about the general public, I Know people who do not go to the beach because they are afraid of dogs, and that's not my judgment of whether they should be or shouldn't be. But if you were attacked by a dog as a small child, if you ha- whatever your whatever your life story is, that fear of a dog um, is is very real and and can be very paralyzing. And it is definitely something where I know people in this town that don't go to bishop's beach they don't go to mariner park they will not go to the beach because of their fear of dogs and because they know that probably the the vast majority of times they are getting dogs running up to them and either just maybe just running up and stopping short or full on running up and jumping up on them um well, and it is people around laugh well and say yeah. <laughs> and say she's nice yeah. yeah, might we we have a very <clears throat> we have a very nice dog um, and she also is a teenager and is not is not savvy to, you know, we're still, we're working on it. And so she does not, I do not take her around people without a leash on because she is going to continue that bad habit of jumping up on them. And even when people say, oh, it's okay, I don't mind. I'm like, oh, but you should like, yeah. yeah, I do. And, and as a, I feel like that is a responsible dog owner, like needing to have that dog keep out of other people's personal space for and that's, safety
0: that's what the whole at large thing is about dogs not being at large thing is about because you have a right to walk around without a dog jumping on you mm. yeah whether it's in the, the city limit yeah
2: right um there are leashes available at mariner park at bishops uh at on some the, the trail
0: the down here behind independent living center through yep. the land yep. trust
2: um and that's a that was a um initiative um mike ilg over at parks and rec um homer animal friends provided the leashes um and they worked with me just um about ordinances and dogs at large so leashes are available and if you still can't find one come to the shelter because we have plenty
0: what about i'm if uh, we think that at large has been addressed as a term right like what that means so can we move on to restraint what constitutes restraint of your animal because so I've, uh, I've heard enough about voice restraint I don't believe in it. I don't believe it exists. Yes, <laughs> I, I hear
3: that. Um, you want the new definition? Or
2: yes. So the new definition is written Restraint means the following. One, physical confinement by leash, chain, fence, or
3: building. Right. Number Physical two, confinement. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Number two, under voice control as defined. Which that's is
3: it. an immediate recall. Exactly. Yep.
2: Immediately is
3: there's evil. not a lot of gray area there.
2: And that's why we needed to the, some of the but ordinances about like that? Barking dogs constitutes a nuisance dogs. And the ordinance is written as people have the reasonable right to peace. We didn't get into the way the sh- animal shelter and animal control defines nuisance animals as far as barking. We take it case by case. Uh, we ask people to keep a log, uh, a dog bark log so that they can... Um, oh, good one. So if I've got a barking dog in my neighborhood and I say, what
0: am I, th- you got to do, you Jillian Rogers from the shelter have to do something about this dog. What is it
2: that you tell me? People generally don't say it that nicely, okay. but yes. <laughs> I was being mean. <laughs> um, so the first step, first of all, if a dog is barking during the day and not in the city's quiet hours, there's not a whole lot we can do. If no. it's barking incessantly you know, for eight hours straight, their first step is to go to the house and talk to the people. Also, I need to interject myself here and say... We can't do anything if people don't call and let us know. Posting on Facebook three days after something happens at the beach, there's nothing we can do about that. So call us as it's happening. Again, there's two animal control officers, and we don't always work the same shift. We are trying to um, increase patrolling at the beaches. Enforcement can be difficult for us because we're just one person. I am also charged with, running the shelter and, you know, taking care of personnel and paperwork and all that stuff. So it's not just my neighbor's dog barked twice, take care of it. Sometimes that stuff um, is not the priority. And what are quiet hours?
3: Officer Browning? Uh, I mean, there's nothing designated in law or code, but we kind of tend to think, you know, like 10 o'clock at night is kind of, you know, quiet time um, and to, to talk a little more about that too it's just not animal control if somebody late at night you know has a neighbor that their jog their dog is barking incessantly they can't sleep going crazy that's certainly something that they can call the police department about um, that we can then come and you know try and talk to the owner if we can't get a hold the owner then we can do something with the dogs and try and get them out of there so that that kind of falls more under the disorderly conduct um, laws for making unreasonably loud noises or allowing it to happen on your property um, but if it is after shelter hours they can certainly call us uh, but again it's not hey the dog barked once or twice or a couple times it's it's an incessant hey we've got a problem here
2: yeah. uh, and the dog could be in distress or something like that also um, myself and and the other animal control officer Rebecca we were on call 365 so yeah. sometimes I got called out once for barking dogs I think Sergeant Sheely, um because the owners weren't home and the dogs were outside in the fenced area yeah, but it happened generally the police take care of it the do you want to tell us what happens when a, a, dog, a loose dog gets picked up after shelter hours?
3: Uh, yeah, people can, can pick them up, um, and generally we ask them to just meet us at the shelter, and we can put them in. We'll put them in a little quarantine room, give them some water, uh, make sure they're okay for the night, and then we let the shelter know. Um, I don't know if you want to go into if the dog's outside of city limits. Um, I would like
0: to hear about that if you guys are ready to talk about it.
2: Well, that happened yesterday. Oh, perfect. Yeah, a dog out at... 15 mile yeah. uh low bush so what is that 1516 yeah. um dug under his owner's fence took off somebody picked it up and brought it into town and then at i think it was 9:30 at night somebody um uh, met them met an officer at the shelter the and shelter. the officer Tracy l- put the dog in quarantine yeah um we provide services for um people who reside within city limits in that case, a dog running down East End Road outside of city limits, we, d- we do take stray dogs from outside city limits, especially if it, uh, the dog is running down the highway or appears to be injured or got hit by a car, that <coughs> kind of stuff. Um, but otherwise, we, d- we cannot take animals from outside city limits. That includes across the bay, Anchor Point, um, but we, again, provide resources. We, d- we generally just don't say no. Um, there are rescues. There are so many rescues popping up, um, cat and dog rescues that are amazing. Uh, you know, 501c3 nonprofits that do amazing work. And so we work really closely with them and, and that is helping us kind of change the outlook or the attitude toward the shelter. You know, it's not the pound anymore. It's not a place to dump your animals. There are other options. Um, and we'll always take them in, you know, especially if they're injured, if they're sick. Um, but yeah, there are other options and, and we try to let people know that.
0: Thanks. That's Jillian Rogers from the Homer Animal Shelter. Also, Officer Ryan, Lieutenant Ryan Browning and Council Member Rachel Lord. And this is the coffee table. And I'm Kathleen. And it is time for a short break. And then, and then we our will special be ra- guest will be here. We might have a special guest. Um, oh, wow. I have many, many questions for this guest. Uh, we'll be right back on the coffee table. She's a bit of a chewer. I'm Greek there. So w- everybody, welcome to the studio. Little Big Bear. Beautiful dog, Jillian Rogers from the Homer Animal Shelter. Will you please introduce the very friendly dog that is now
2: kind of at large in our studio? <laughs> uh, her voice control. Well, I guess it's not immediate. Well, depends I've
0: got a treat here. Yeah, I she's know, physically
3: restrained. So. Oh, there we go.
1: She's here.
2: Uh, Bear okay. was surrendered a couple weeks ago for euthanasia, and we had her checked over by the vet. She is a little, little bit older. She is a little bit um, round. She could lose <laughs> a few bones. pounds, but who, yeah. I'm giving she her a treat right baby. now,
0: so don't tell her, don't call her fat <laughs> right now. She's I eating. I didn't say that, you know, give her a
2: disorder. She's robust. Um, anyway, she's available for adoption. She's meeting some people tomorrow. She's been in foster care with a friend of the shelter, um, and the foster mama was so impressed. She n- never had an accident in the house. She knows her name. She's great off leash. She's a snuggler. Um, she's perfect, really. She's kind of the dog that everybody perfect wants. Perfect in
0: every way.
2: Yes, ma'am. That's right. And it's pretty rare that we get these, these good dogs at the shelter. You know, we've got dogs that come into the shelter generally have some issues, but who doesn't? Right. Um, but we can't find one. One with Little Big Bear. Not one issue. Well,
0: can we, can we use this time then to talk about adoption of shelter animals like Big Bear here, Little Big Bear? And I do want to talk about your remarkable, practically unheard of save rate at your shelter.
2: <laughs> Our save rate right now is 98%.
0: First, please explain what a save rate is.
2: So um, dogs are not euthanized at the Homer animal shelter for time or space. And so our save rate means dogs are dogs leave the shelter via adoption or foster or transfer to rescue, um, and so that is also called live release rate or um, no kill, which we don't really use anymore. It's a bit of a nos- misnomer because sometimes animals have to be euthanized right. if they're if they're you know mortally wounded or um, sick beyond repair or uh, unable to vicious. recover, right? Yeah. yeah, or deemed vicious.
0: So take me through the process now. It sounds like little Big Bear is is uh, got prospects. She for does. An option. Um, we but what about uh, but what about the rest of the animals? And because thank you for using the Critter Line, KPBI's Critter Line, by the way, to let people know what's happening at the shelter because i would love for uh people to know let's start with the abundance of kittens at the shelter right now
2: yeah kittens and adult cats um it kitten season started a little late this year just like summer i guess um so kittens and adult cats you know some are surrenders a lot of them are strays and they're friendly spay strays that are already spayed and neutered like it's it's baffling they we always say this at the shelter: this this animal has to have a family; it has to belong to somebody, and then they just don't get picked up. Um, so we really encourage you if you're missing your cat to come to the shelter. Um, they're all on our Facebook page. They're all on Petfinder.com. If you look up Homer Animal Shelter, um, and some of them are still there. You know, we still have Una Girl, um, who I'm hoping maybe Council Member Venuti might uh, take for a.
0: And who is this? Which animal is
2: that? Uh, Una is a is a beautiful female tabby, who was trapped by ADF and G when they were looking for those those critters. Yep. Those. I'll ask you about those
0: critters at the very end. (laughs) But no. Oh, hey! Stand by here on chat. What have I got here? Yes. Anyway, so someone is is asking. I beg your pardon. Someone called to ask about dog parks in homer if there are any will there be any and where are they can we talk about what what parks so public parks but they must be on a leash at all times right mm-hmm. low tide at the beach kind of okay as long as it your dog isn't bothering anybody
2: exactly and it's what and are some other options if that you can think of it go ahead we there's there's no way we can enforce the miles and miles of beaches here, and that's why. So, so we're kind of relying on people. If there is an incident, call animal control, call H.P.D., um, and we'll figure it out. Where can people take their animals off leash? Um, Private property, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anchor point. You know, I, I, there's there are no actual dog parks in Homer. There has been a petition and a bit of a movement again as of late, um, and so I'm not sure where that is in the at the moment. Um, But no, there's no dog, you know, there's three friends in Soldatna. That's a a nice dog park, but currently there's nothing in the city, and there's really nothing uh, pending imminently as far as dog parks go.
0: And if you have any questions or comments, you can email Kathleen at kbbi.org, or you can call 907-235-7721. Simon is standing by. So did we, I think I interrupted you in terms of the process for adopting shelter animals. Often there are, uh, are is there one cost or are there often medical costs involved that need to be taken on by the adoptee, the adopted?
2: No. Um, so almost. when we get an animal in, especially s- say it's a dog that needs to get spayed, all its shots, um, we also, you know, preventatively treat for fleas, worms, ear mites, that kind of stuff for cats and dogs. Our costs are between Three and six hundred dollars if the animal is healthy. Um, an adult dog can be adopted for a hundred and sixty-five. A cat, uh, an adult cat is a hundred. A kitten is a hundred and twenty-five. Um, and so that doesn't cover our costs. So so we ask. A really minimal fee too for surrendering an animal it's 35 to surrender and that is a drop in the bucket as far as the cost that we have to endure well that was the next question on my list
0: is what happens let's say I have an animal I can't care for anymore maybe it isn't even that the animal is vicious and I can't control it maybe it's just that for any reason that I can't that I have to surrender an animal
2: yeah so can you take me through that sure Um, So if you're inside city limits, then you can come in. We have a surrender form that we encourage people to read through thoroughly um, to sign over ownership to the animal shelter. And then we have a dog or cat or small animal personality profile. And it's just a few pages to let us know, you know, does your dog chase cars? Does your cat hate vacuums? That kind of stuff. And so the more information we have, um, the easier it is to to give to people who are um, hoping to adopt. We also have a program for kiddos. When they come in and they want to socialize with cats, we give them a form called feline friend finder. And they can uh, make observations while they're in the cat rooms. And for us, like, you know, whatever it may be. And that helps us to just add more information. And it's something active that, the, that kiddos can do while they're playing with the kitties. My girls
1: both uh, aim to be at the shelter weekly um, socializing with cats, and they love it. So much. Good. We, yeah. lo- we love it, too. And we've
2: got a lot of people that come in and do that on a regular basis. That um, We've got volunteers that have been there for years and years and years that come in twice a week religiously and um, just help socialize with cats. And how does a person... Well,
0: w- we'll go over this again at the end of the hour, but I would... Yes, little big bear. Uh, you have comments on surrendered animals well she heard cats yeah she heard the word cats that's what it is she loves cats by the way i uh i am interested in how a person gets involved with visiting the animals and what the hours for the shelter are like right now Um, how
2: how and when does that happen yeah i I think we passed over adoption process so i'm gonna get back go there okay um but people want to adopt an animal, they come in, they meet the animal, they fill out an application. Uh, it takes a couple days for us to process the application. We check references. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's stringent, but it's not pre- preventative for people as far as the, the process goes. We don't do home checks unless we feel it's necessary. And if we feel it's necessary to do a home check, it's generally a little bit of a red flag. So um, it's not first come, first serve. You know, we go through applications and we choose the best fit for the animal. You have to be 18 to adopt an animal. Um, we'll always take it back, no matter what, th- no matter what the reason is. If you need to surrender an animal, too, there's no, you know, we really do our best to, t- to provide a safe place where people feel comfortable. Um, there's no judgment. We understand life happens for whatever reason. People, people can't keep their animals. And so we provide a, a warm, loving, safe place um, while they're in transition. And what was your next...
0: Oh, it was about visiting the animals. Oh, yeah. And what like, what kind of hours are you keeping now? I uh, know things had changed for a little while.
2: Yeah, we are still um, uh, operating by appointment only. Uh, we're there fi- seven days a week, nine to five-ish, sometimes eight to six, or we have to get called in in the evenings. But people can visit the shelter. Appointments are open between 11 and 4, Tuesday through Saturday.
0: And what about, are there... I want to check in with Council Member Lord. Is there anything in this ordinance that you feel like you want to point to that we really haven't talked about yet? Um, I do want to know about, uh, while you're looking around and thinking about that, uh, Different any different rules for the harbor for animals,
2: for campgrounds, and any of that, those kind of changes? Uh, the fine for uh, dogs loose on the harbor floats has gone up to $50 from 25. And the fine for uh, dogs pooping on the harbor floats and you not cleaning it up went up a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. $1,000, right? 2000 <laughs> yeah, at least.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Council Member Lord, is there is there anything within the ordinance that you feel like we should highlight that we haven't really talked about
1: yet? I, I mean, I don't think so. I think there is a lot of cleanup that is... Um, that will just help it be more, that just provide more clarity for the animal shelter, HPD and the public um, in in exercising the code. I do, I just, I think the highlight, the big highlight that I had as you guys were talking specifically about the definitions um, section is that that is whenever a member of the public or a member of an enforcing agency or an administrative, person in the city or borough or state or federal government um when we start talking or trying to think about like how what are the rules how do they apply do they apply to me do they apply to this situation and how those definition sections are really important because you might have as you guys talked about voice control or restraint whatever your idea of what those definitions are you are you are entitled to your idea of what you think voice control is when it comes to the rules. There is one definition, and so making sh- and that is true. That is true in a- across the board when it comes to um, regulation, and so it, it is a place where, whenever I'm looking at city code updates or changes, or I have questions about how does this work and is you know people call me and have concerns about about uh, you know if something's applicable to them or not, um, I do try to track back when we're using words there are specific words that are going to have sp- very specific meanings under this section of code. Um, and so, you know, large animal, quarantine, prior conviction has a definition in Title oh, 20. Yeah. you've got repeat offenders. So, and these are, you know, and, and like, you know, prior convinc- conviction as an example is not updated like we're not prov- we're not proposing an, an update within this ordinance but what i read within
0: there is that people with prior convictions for for animal issues will either not at all be allowed to adopt or have a much harder what wo- uh to gate to get through uh in order to do so and um Thank you for adding to the glossary because that's almost with every ordinance I read. That's what the first thing I'm looking for. Well, and in, okay, and in code too. So just mean? like right. you know,
1: it's just that that sort of civic education to become a little bit better versed in understanding how to use, um, look through, and understand code. Really, those definitions are, are are an important place to to start and to refer back to.
0: Well, little big bear would like to know if uh, Jillian or actually any of the panelists. Are there other terms in the, that I should have added to my glossary? Uh, voice control, now I know what large animal means. It's not just a big dog. Uh, at large, restraint. What are some of the, well, what does it mean if an animal has to go into quarantine and they're ill when they come to the shelter?
2: Uh, quarantine, as it's, as it's um, outlined in. As
0: it's defined in, in the ordinance is what I mean. Yeah. Uh,
2: so let me see here. Yes, little big bear. <laughs> um, the isolation of an animal in a substantial enclosure cannot be subject to contract. So it, to me, quarantine dogs are quarantined because of a potential rabies infection. Um, we also quarantine sick animals, of course, cats with upper respiratory, dogs with parvo, that kind of stuff. But quarantine, if a dog has bitten a person and broken the skin and they don't have proof of rabies, that dog has to be quarantined at the shelter for 10 days.
0: So I think there's a caller on the line. Caller, do you read me? I read you. Go ahead.
4: Uh, I just caught the tail end of the program, so I, you might have already covered this. but That's okay. Uh, I've had several occasions coming out of the post office where I'm <clears throat> parked next to a pickup truck, and, as I pass by, there's a vicious growling and snarling and snapping <laughs> uh right at the edge of the pickup truck and the The dog may be restrained with chains or whatever, and usually the owner comes out and says, "Don't worry he's he's friendly yes and by that time, I've already peed my pants and so uh, it seems to me people should be entitled to um, come and go to their cars without having being traumatized by a dog next door. And I like, I like dogs, but um, this has happened to me a number of times, and I'm sure it's happened to <clears throat> others. So I wondered if there's anything in the ordinance that would address that problem, if it's a problem.
0: Thank you. Can someone address that? Uh, officer... Uh, I mean, Lieutenant Browning, When uh, do you get calls like this? Because uh, th- what the caller is describing is certainly very familiar to me.
3: Yeah, no, for me too. Uh, and no, there's nothing in the ordinance or state law that, that um, broaches that subject. I mean, people have the right to have their animals and have them secured in their vehicles. And, um, you know, having a, a snippy dog or whatever in the back of your truck or that likes to pay attention to other people, there's nothing, nothing we can do about it.
0: Okay, so thanks for calling, and if you, uh, there's still time maybe for one or more calls. You can email questions to Kathleen at kbbi.org, or you can call 907-235-7721. And it's about time for me to ask for final comments. Now, we talked about, so let's start with the life, the timeline of this ordinance, it was just introduced on Monday Councilmember Lord can you talk about what the steps are to get through this because I know that the whole reason that Jillian contacted me to talk about it is that there will be a hearing
1: yeah so just like any ordinance when the council when there's any proposal to change city code it has to go through an ordinance um, so that ordinance gets introduced um, and then it has to have a minimum of a second reading and a public hearing. So we introduced this ordinance at, uh, through the consent agenda this past Monday. We did talk about it uh, at some length during our committee, the whole meeting at 5 p.m. before the, the 6 p.m. meeting. Um, there were some, uh, Council Member Adderhold found some really good typos that the clerk can change. Um, uh, so that will, the ordinance then will come back to the full council, for our next meeting at the end of August and um, the fourth Monday of August and we'll be up for what's called second reading and public hearing and second reading. So there will be a public hearing for it. There, will, That was where if people wanna testify on it, certainly they can email um, or call me or Jillian um, or the city clerk would probably be the, the best contact points or certainly you know, all of council, contact us whenever you want. Um, but if you have specific suggestions or questions or recommendations, um, Jillian, myself, or, or Melissa Jacobson at the clerk's office would be, are, we're the three who have worked on it most most extensively. Um, so then it will be on the public hearing schedule that next meeting, and we'll be open to, to voting on the ordinance at that meeting.
0: And there are, I mean, it's 30 pages, this ordinance. There's a lot in it. So can we talk about how I mean when I post this audio from this show on kbbi.org, I will include a link so the person can just click on it and read the ordinance. Yeah. But uh but it's pretty easy to access that through the city as well, isn't
1: it? Yeah. So and if you go to the meeting um like our last meeting on the city calendar, you, it will be, you know, you can look for just ordinance 2348 click on that, and then you can pull up the, the, the code, the ordinance language. And it's so long because it's it's making changes, it's making amendments to the full title, like the full, all, of, all of Title 20, um, which is substantial in length. The, anything that is just in plain text is how it has existed and isn't changed. Anything that's struck out is proposed to be changed. And this is, you know, at the bottom, the footnote of every page of the ordinance has this, notation so you understand how to read it and anything in bold and underlined is proposed added language so you know of all of the you know you can go through and and of those 30 pages there are a lot of them that aren't um there are a lot of things that aren't being changed they're just what is existing code
0: so here's a question art wants to know will the shelter loan pets out for trial or for homebound folks who just want to visit absolutely and talk a little bit about how someone could access that.
2: Yeah, so we have a, a, a um, foster program that's growing, but also, Art, um, we, d- we do trials all the time. And um, you can come and visit animals at the shelter. Um, I don't know that we we would say we loan them out, um, but we are definitely they willing visit. to work. Yeah, and we do day trips with dogs. You know, people can come. We've done sleepovers before. Anything to give an animal a break from the shelter, even if it's just a couple days and it's appropriate and it's not too stressful for them. Um, yeah, we're, we're all about it. We have groups coming from the high school and from the senior center. We had one last week that just came, um, yeah, just to get some loving from the, from the cats and dogs.
0: And then the next question I have to Kathleen at kbbi.org is, how does this ordinance affect animals that are in public businesses? Is, there, is it addressed in
2: any way? Um, it's not. I think it's up to the individual business if they allow pets. And then uh, if it's a service animal, and that does not include emotional support animals necessarily, but if it's a service animal, um, there are stipulations on the ADA's website that are, that are pretty clear about what constitutes and, and what rights people have with service animals.
1: And I guess I would... Go ahead. We also the there's a there is a section of code of existing code related to nuisance animals and that's we're not really changing there's no really changes to that there's a more explicit language regarding harassing wildlife um that is kind of pulled out and moved uh and expounded upon uh but the nuisance animal code i would uh, you know if there's if there is a problem That would I would assume, but Lieutenant Browning and Jillian would be much more suited. Go
2: ahead. Yeah, if there's an animal in a business that's being a nuisance, you know, it's up to the maybe a customer or the business owner or an employee to to give us a call and we can go. We've definitely you know dog ran into Safeway and was at the deli counter. (laughs) (laughs) And so we've we've definitely looking for chicken snacks. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I I also have one more message to Kathleen at kbbi.org. Just letting people know, I mean, in terms of cleaning up after your dogs and cleaning up dog poop, uh, just to to remind people that people who use wheelchairs roll through that, and then it gets on their hands. And so to please remember, I mean, does does this ordinance like put jail time
2: for people who don't clean up after their dogs? There's a fine for for, um, dog waste on the harbor floats. Uh, All others, I think it constitutes littering. Yeah, there's nothing...
3: I, I wouldn't consider that littering, no. I think it's just bad form to leave your dog poop. Whereas, right. I mean, be respectful and pick it up.
2: Well, that's that
0: would be great final words from you, unless... Lieutenant Browning, is there anything else that you want to add? Because we're just about to wrap up, and I want to make no, sure... No,
3: that was my final thought. Be respectful of others, control your animals, uh, pick up its poop, and come participate in the in the public hearing and, and let the city know what your thoughts are on it.
2: Thank you so much. Jillian Rogers? Yeah, I just want to let everyone know that you know we're always we respond to every call we get. We're always doing the best we can, and and we're doing right by the animals, and that's that's our bottom line. And Councilmember Lord, anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I I just really want to thank um, Jillian and her staff at the animal shelter for the compassionate and tireless work that they do um, also to homer police department for the work that they do supporting the shelter and and protecting the community um, and then i really would you know i we have a we have a shortage of vets in this town so i also want to thank dr christine marlowe who is a shelter vet and comes on mondays to work with the shelter staff um, and i asked a vet recently um, what a a vet from the Valley who does large animals and we have very few large animal vets around. Um, and I said, what, you know, what could make it better? What could get more vets working and, um, help alleviate this issue and her first, and she's been working in the state for decades and she said people being more kind, there needs to be more kindness. And that was her primary, um, her primary call. So I would just really um, ask people to to be kind because everybody's really doing the best that they can with the resources that they have.
0: Well, thanks so much. That's Councilmember Rachel Lord. Also, thanks to Jillian Rogers from the Homer Animal Shelter and Lieutenant Ryan Browning from the Homer Police Department. I'm Kathleen Gustafson, and this has been The Coffee Table. You'll be able to listen to a rebroadcast and access links to this ordinance at kbbi.org, and we'll see you at the next Homer City Council meeting will be opportunity for hearing, right? Yep, public hearing hearing. on this
1: ordinance at the next meeting.
0: All right. Thanks so much to all of you for being here, and especially to Little Big Bear. Thank you for your insight.